Hey, everyone. I'm Father Alexander Har. And I'm Father David Marshall. And this is A Bridge Between, where we bridge our knowledge of the gospel. Uh, we bridge some time off, as you and I have each taken some oh, time yeah. off, and we'll be taking a little bit more time off during the summer. And what else are we bridging, Dave? Uh, we're bridging um, ourselves. So what this gospel means to you and me, and that maybe it'll mean something to somebody else, too. There you go. Exactly. So uh, when we take vacation, are we taking time off from doing this, or are we going to have a weekly podcast? Well, I think one of the things that I like is doing this every week. And if we yeah. have to do one or two episodes at a time so that this is a, a consistent presence, not just in our lives, but in the lives of people who watch, I'd like to keep doing that. Me too. You bet. So let's keep doing that. All right. Good. Um, we are in the season of Pentecost. So uh, the that mean... after Pentecost. Okay, sure. Yes. Um, this is the long summer season that brings us into the fall. And in, in my view, the, the lessons you're going to hear, the gospel lessons you're going to hear uh, through the summer are us, um, the church, remembering who Jesus is. Uh, hey, remember when Jesus walked along and called Matthew? Remember that? You know, that that's that's what we're going to be doing. It is one of my favorite times of the church calendar. Uh, these stories are rich and, uh, and, and are wonderful. Um, so I, I look forward to jumping in with them. So one observation that I would make is, uh, first of all, I like to call this the green season because we wear green a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's also about us um, growing. So we've been given the spirit. We've been given the spiritual food. The seeds have been planted. And uh, we're going to go ahead and grow. And the other thing I was going to say is for all of our viewers, if you could just take your chair and move all the way to the back of the room so you can then close the door and then scrut all the way back up front. Um, you want me to or you want our followers to do that? Well, no, if, if, you, could, if you could close the door. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were giving uh, directions to... I'm just going to row back over. There we go. Yeah. Is that better? Think, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just in case, you know, we're, we don't want to disturb anybody. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if people want to close their own doors and watch us. Right. You know, quietly, that's good, too. Right. So, Wasn't there, like, a radio show in the, like, the 40s or whatever? Like, uh, close the curtains and lock the doors. You're about to go into the house of horrors or something like that, you know. Uh, anyway, you're not. This is going to be good news stuff that you're right. going to hear. Right. Exactly. Uh, open the windows and share. It's going to be awesome. So. so we've got a good reading today from Matthew, which actually starts with the call of Matthew, and we go just past a couple lines of that to the next part. As Jesus sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. I like that. Oh, that's, that's good news. Oh, that's good news. Yes. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I've come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. Awesome. So have you ever been in a place where your friends were like, why are you hanging out with them, Alex? 
Actually, I've usually been the the one who, why are they hanging out with me? Like somebody will point out, like, why are they hanging out with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that has never happened to me. So at, at no clergy event, they're all like, why are you hanging out with Alex? Um, so... Well, this, um, happened all, this, this happened a long time ago when I was, you know, the whole high school click thing and, you know, the 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 differentiation of different groups along different interests and lines and levels well, of popularity and such right. um, that, that you have. And so people are like, why are you hanging out with that guy? Why are you sitting at that lunch table? Yes. Yeah, it happens. It's still happening today. And that's what they were leveling at, um, at Jesus, the Pharisees. And uh, who would you describe the, how would you describe Pharisees and language for today? You know, I've heard it described a few different ways. And I think the, in the modern context, I find that uh, a person who we might call a Pharisee is greatly concerned with how the church looks and is perceived by the world and is greatly concerned with doing piety the quote-unquote correct way mm -hmm. rather than the people who need help, the people who need to receive Jesus. And, and sometimes that um, it's not about my own personal piety. Um, sometimes yeah. it is about uh, the ones whom Jesus has called. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to take your definition. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to expand it a bit. And uh, the Pharisees often are painted as uh, the villains. And, um, and I don't think Jesus sees them as that. I, I, Jesus loves them as he does. Jesus loves everybody. Uh, but the Pharisees are the ones who have devoted themselves to study and rigorous practice. And that what the tradition they were given, they are trying to live into that tradition the best that they can. And they had a particular holy code that uh, it was really important about who you ate dinner with, who you ate with, who you didn't eat with, right. uh, that they believed they are holy. Therefore, to remain holy, they have to do some very narrow, uh, holy type behavior. And Jesus loves them. And, and I'm going to say even loves them for it. Of like, look, this is what, this is what you've been given. And you're doing your best at, at being in there. Um, I didn't come to call the righteous who are the Pharisees. I didn't come to call them. I'm here for sinners. Uh, that he wasn't segregating them and saying, you guys are all going to hell or what? No, 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 no. He loves them. Um, but he is then highlighting who he is there for. Um, and so uh, so I, I hope that I'm not giving them too much of a pass. But it's, it's also, you know, people are really dedicated to their faith. And, um, and yeah. What I would say, so let, let me give an example. Um, I think the Pharisees missed the point. They missed the point on a, on, a, on a great level because they're doing all these acts of piety. They're mm -hmm. praying, for example, you know, Jesus says, don't be like the Pharisees who pray out in the open and they, you know, have a big yeah. old trumpet in front of them and all these things. It's not just about getting something done. It's about what is the way that God has called us to do it, what is the emotion and the ethos, the meaning behind it? Mm -hmm. and, and also, what is the purpose of it? And so this Pharisee asking Jesus, why are you with these people? Mm -hmm. To me, it's missing the whole point of what community means. Community is not just that I get to select a group of people to hang out with. Right. It's, no, it's let's get everybody into 
the community of, of God. So it's, I don't think so much that you're giving them a pass. I think you're being generous, but I don't, I don't think well, you're, you. you're, you're, you're giving them a pass. Um, what I would say, though, is when Jesus uses the idea of the physician, mm-hmm. we have a very different concept of medicine. Right. You know, the fact that Jesus says healthy people don't need doctors, I'm not trying to contradict the Lord here, but preventative medicine is very good for you. It's very important, yes. You know, um, yes. but people, when they recognized somebody would sick, somebody w- would say to them, you need some help with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Jesus is saying, look at these people around you. You don't recognize that they're sick, that they need help? Why are you doing this? Would be uh-huh. the question that I might ask of the uh, that, Pharisee. That's a very good one. Yeah. Um, this text also brings up something that's rather uncomfortable for us to talk about um, in the year 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the S word, um, sinners, or sin. Um, right. Yeah. And, um, and so, folks, Alex and I are going to treat um, sinners in the word sin um, gently, okay? Um, that for some that are listening, you have been, as the sin or sinner has been used as um, as a weapon, uh, as a way to to hit, to hurt, to hold down, uh, to eliminate, to uh, marginalize. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Um, and um, so, Alex, how do you see Jesus using the term um, sinners? Um, well, not that I want to go down the road, but I don't know what Greek word he used to describe it. Um, so I don't mean to tempt you and then not let you go do it. Um, but when I think of, um, for example, the person who might be hearing this who doesn't come to church, for example, you know, what rationale am I giving them to come to church if I'm telling them that they're a sinner or if I'm telling them that I'm using that word, you know? And the point that I would make is the church is not a collection of righteous people who then just, you know, allow that one sinner in. The church is a collection of people who have recognized, I am incomplete without God, Mm -hmm. and I am living my life often in an incomplete way. And as such, I've come here because God is what will complete me. Mm -hmm. You know, like St. Augustine said, our hearts are not full until we receive thee. I know I've just completely misquoted that. Uh, Our our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. Thank you. That's the one that I wanted to say. Um, I think he's just happy you mentioned his name, you know, Uh, and he got really close to it. That's good. But, but the other thing that I would, that I would point out, and this is something that I'm not critiquing anybody's preaching. I'm not critiquing anybody who does pastoral care in in areas like this. I just have a request because this is something that somebody taught me and called me out on. Mm-hmm. And it says that whenever we pray and preach a sermon about something like this, mm-hmm. always use the word we. All we have gone astray. Yes. All we are in need of the love and mercy of God. All and, we fall short of the glory right. of God. Yes. And, and so the reason I say that is because nobody wants to be told that they're wrong about something. No. Nobody wants to be told how bad they are. But when I go to the doctor, he doesn't walk in and look at my chart and look at my cholesterol level and say, congratulations, it's higher than ever. Mm -hmm. You know, he says, can we talk a little bit about what your habits are? 
And I've had those conversations as a priest with my doctor and say, you know, you appear to be under a lot of stress, which is causes some of these things that you're feeling. Can we have a conversation about that? And to me, that welcomes me and invites me into a place where it's not about how I failed. It's about how I can be made whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Um, it reminds me, uh, I have a friend, his name's Phil. Uh, he has since passed, but, uh, he always struggled with his weight and he went in to see his doctor. He's been seeing him for five or eight years or whatever. And the doctor saw him and said, well, Phil, I see you're keeping your weight up. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's just, and, um, it, I asked, you know, did that, did that make you want to, you know, exercise more and lose weight? Oh, not really. Uh, is, is there anything your doctor could have said that would make you want to do that? No, it's just my own choice, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting. So referring to um, to we, what uh, what would you come up with a good definition for sin, or would you like to hear mine? Oh well, um, I've used one for for years. So um, I come. I w- originally was raised in the Roman tradition, so I've borrowed a little bit from there, okay. um, mm-hmm. and we we might differ, but. Um, what I don't like are definitions that make it seem like I can sin by accident. Sin is something that's intentional. Oh, interesting. Um, You know, so for example, when we talk about what are some conditions that have to be met for a a person to have sin, well, first of all, it has to be something serious. You know, uh, I mean, it's not like, you know, taking the last bagel, I didn't tell my wife, you know, Mm -hmm. she wanted it. Mm-hmm. It's it's something serious, and you know the Ten Commandments are good at letting us know some of the things that are serious. Um, we have to know that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things that we can be completely ignorant of as we grow up about what is right and what is wrong. We have a conscience, but we're still raised mm-hmm. in a thing. You know, I remember I'll I'll just tell this story very quickly. Um, I was about six or seven years old. We were living in South Florida, and it was my first time at Hollywood Beach. And if you go to, to these uh, beachside uh, boardwalks. They have all these little stores that have souvenirs. And I saw a beautiful little picture frame about that big. And I said, my mom would love that. Mm. And I took it and I put it in my pocket. And then we drove about the 20 miles home. Wait, you didn't pay home, for it? And I said, hey, mom, look, I got you a present. Took it out of my pocket. She says, where in the world did you get that? You know, the whole reaction. I said, well, I got it for you. I had no idea what stealing was. Mm-hmm. But I distinctly remember driving the 20 miles back to the store and apologizing and giving it back to the guy and crying. Yeah. Because, you know, not because they shamed me, but because I realized I'd done something wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. So the the second part is you have to know that it's wrong. And then the second, the the last one is um, you do it of your own free will. And this is very hard because there are many addictions that many of us suffer through that steal our freedom, that wear away our freedom, you Mm -hmm. know. But... Mm -hmm. When we know something is wrong, and we do it anyway, when we don't seek help to help correct it, to me, that's sin. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go a different route. All right. Um, and it, it's a Greek route. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> you just I, te- I tempted you. I tempted you, and now you are unleashed. I know. You said it. It's like, uh, don't tell somebody not to think of a pink elephant. Because suddenly all they can think of is a pink elephant, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's, don't mention it in Greek. Well, um, the, the folks that I've read, because uh, obviously I, I have a handle on this, but I'm not an expert. 
the experts that I've read said that um, it is an archery term. Um, so archery, you know, where you got bow and arrow and you shoot. Right. Um, it's good. missing the mark. It's the term that they use for you've got something to hit and you miss. Um, and that it's a simple way of correcting or wanting to um, to realign. And if we can continue within that scope of, uh, of verbs of what that means, uh, the other way to look at it, the, the more 21st century way of looking at it, is that it's um, a football field where uh, the center has fumbled the ball again, um, and the coach takes uh, the center fielder off. It's the center fielder. That would be a totally different sport. Takes the center. Yeah, completely different. Takes him off of the field, puts his arms around him, and says, look, man, uh, you you fumbled the ball again. We can't have you do that. We're going to have you practice over here until you get it right. Um, but that's the that is the the approach of um, of how we could look at sin. Of uh, you're making a mistake, you know it can be corrected. You'll be forgiven. You know all of those all of those things. Is is this making any sense to you? Well, it it does. And actually, this is kind of the thing. This is the thing where you and I depart a little bit. Okay. Um, because the reason I, I I don't necessarily like the analogy of the of the missing of the mark mm-hmm. is because. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to hit the mark, right? Oh, and, I, and I fall short. So that's, that's okay. But the, the problem is, is that, for example, you know, going back to lying, let's just say lying, for example, or stealing, mm-hmm. I didn't accidentally put the money from the cash register into my pocket, right? It was something mm-hmm. I saw it. I wanted it. It didn't belong to me, but I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And and so the reason the reason I'm I'm very cautious about um, that particular approach is because it can do two things. One, for those people who are trying their darndest, they may think to themselves, "If I just try harder, right? You know, when really it's grace, it's God's grace, mm-hmm. right?" Um, but the other thing is, it can muddy the water about what is right and wrong. You know, um, there are people that make mistakes. There was a, 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 one of my professors, she gave a wonderful example of a young man. He was driving in a rainstorm, and he was being as cautious as possible, but the tire blew. Mm-hmm. And he hit another car, and the person in the other car died. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, wow. the thought of, of a life that was taken and that he was involved somehow was mm-hmm. just absolutely devastating for him. But it was a mistake. He didn't mean to do it. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a sin. You know, and he needed to hear that. So so I think like I said, I mean I mean you and I have kind of different visions and that's fine. But I just for for me when I think pastorally of people whose confessions that I've heard, and when I've gone to confession and been with in the presence of a very good confessor, they're very good to let me know that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. That's and but this, Alex, we we need to talk about this. This is something that I can see that you you intentionally made that that choice. Yeah, that that's a good point. The people who intentionally make a bad choice mm-hmm. is that a way to say who Jesus has come for? Those... Well, right. I, I think that's the best way that I look at it. So uh, one of the analogies I'll be using in in my sermon. So this is kind of the the preview. Is that for those who don't necessarily like the the verbiage of sin, um, I kind of think of it as 
it's hurricane season. We're getting ready for hurricane season right now. And you've been ordered to evacuate. They've been told you are in level whatever. Look at the map and you go, dang it, I am in that place. Mm -hmm. And you begin to hear the radio constantly tell you and the television constantly tell you it is time to go. You are in the wrong spot. But you choose intentionally to stay where you are. I choose to stay where I am. And when the radio station comes on, I change the station because mm -hmm. I no longer want to hear it. Mm -hmm. And to me, God is, Jesus is saying, I'm calling the ones who changed the channel and went their own way. Mm -hmm. Those who I, I have been sent for them. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, it seems in the 20th century that those who were following Jesus were the, the righteous. Um, that those were the ones that were laced up and doing all the right things. Um, mm -hmm. When in fact, Jesus is calling uh, for all of us who, um, who do fall away. And we do have this particular nature in us uh, that wants to fall away, that wants to not do what we're supposed to do. Um, St. Paul, who wrote a lot of our New Testament stuff, uh, would write about him knowing what's right, yeah. doing what's wrong, and not being able to help himself. Um, and, and what an, oh, oh, what a wretched man I am, he writes. Yeah. Um, and that's when, uh, Alex, you used the term grace. And we haven't, um, haven't fully gotten into this yet. Uh, but the grace is uh, this gift from God, this forgiveness from God, that, um, that God walks with us, erases things, and, and sets us back into our right order. And it's, it's a gift. And so, so when you talk about grace... I think you were talking about that part as well. And there's one more thing I wanted to add to that, and this is, I think is very important for those who are listening. When we recognize what we've done, and it's outside of what God has built us for, he's built us for love and compassion and all these wonderful things, and joy, and to be in a relationship with God, mm -hmm. when we're outside of those things, we're going to feel shame, mm -hmm. we're going to feel guilt, we're going to feel all those things. What God is most concerned about is our soul, us. Mm -hmm. All that other stuff, because of grace, it's going to go away yep. in the right way. Not like we just tell ourselves, well, I didn't do anything really that bad, and my right. guilt goes away. But right. I mean that we, we think a lot more of our guilt and shame than God wants to focus on. He's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yes, it happened. Where are, where's your heart? Why isn't it with me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the, the last part to bring up about this is um, the reason why we're treating sin gently and carefully is yeah. that um, if we were to do it any other way, um, I would automatically, I'm going to use I statements, no longer we statements. Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't treat it that way, I will be the biggest hypocrite out there um, because uh, I too am a sinner. It, it happens. It's, it's part well, of I being... I would say let's compare our hypocrisy offline and we'll, we'll see who's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in um, a lot of us, most of us, all of the United States, whatever you want to yeah. put, um, have been through a highly hypocritical stage in the, the church's uh, history in this country and maybe around the globe um, that this whole thing of don't do that. And then they were doing the same thing that they, you know, that um, we are, we're not called into hypocrisy. Um, we are called into this, this genuine, um, vulnerable relationship with Jesus uh, to tell him what we've done and be forgiven and, um, and then to help others. 
And I just want to, I just got, I, for some reason I have some really good ones today, but I just want to share this one as well, sure. which is when we talk about the great physician, Jesus, mm. and we talk about why it's him and not someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was in my 20s and I started attending like a primary care physician. And then I found out he smoked. Now, okay, <laughs> not perfect. We're all human beings. Right. But just there's there seemed something a little strange about him telling me, hey, listen, you know, stay away from cigarettes, stay away from this kind of stuff here. I know it wasn't the right thing to do, but I had to change doctors. I'm sorry. That was that was judgmental of me. But Jesus is the one who can say these things with real authority and not be a hypocrite. He is the only one that can do that. Yeah. Um, Yet. He didn't come for the righteous, the ones that look and act like him. Mm-hmm. He came for the outsiders, the uh, the outcasts, uh, the ones who feel poorly about themselves. That's who uh, Jesus is calling. Uh, and, and, and we're going to, um, although we're coming near the end of our time, you're going to hear more about this, um, that Jesus is one of these people that he will say it and then he will back it up. Um, so he will say these things, well, I've come not to call the righteous, but the sinners. And then he goes and hangs out with the righteous. No, 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 no. You are going to watch what he does, um, of how far he's willing to go with those that are outside, uh, and how far he travels to go get them. And if the church wants to be a witness, as we're called to do, we need to be associating with those people who have felt cast out, who have felt that there's no place for them in the church. Yes. Yep. Um, we have a, uh, a synagogue next door, and one of my favorite things that they do is when they're together and they're praying, is they say, remember, you once were an alien. You once were outcast. You once were not what you are. Oh, we are called to bring those who are on the outside and to bring them into where we are. It's just, it's just this beautiful, just remember. Remember, you too were once an alien. Um, Exactly. And um, that's where, for myself, when I speak to somebody who may be going through a hard time, I say, listen, I may not have been where you are exactly, but I was in a hard time, and God said, I will bring you home. You can come Mm -hmm. home. And I think that's really the, that's so much of the essence of the gospel is just turn around and come home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, we're going to talk more about this, I'm sure. All right. Um, So we'll catch everybody in the next episode. And uh, it's been a pleasure, Dave, especially with this wonderful topic that we, like I said, we're going to talk more about. But uh, I've really enjoyed this particular conversation. Thank you, Alex. And I was, um, I was, uh, I had trepidation when talking about um, sin. I was a little worried about this. And you have made it much easier uh, as my doctor uh, to help me. to walk me through it. Um, So I am looking forward to the next time we get to talk about this, which will be very soon. So thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being my friend. And we will catch everybody in the next one. Bye, everybody.